Welcome to Make It Happen, powered by Avon. I'm your host, Evie DeAngelis. For over 130 years and 34 years before women had the right to vote, Avon has been empowering women to rewrite the rules for business success. Sparked by female entrepreneurship, each episode features spirited discussion with motivating, inspirational, and candid real-life stories and secrets to success and how to make it happen. Join us as industry power players share their personal success stories about embracing opportunities, embracing failures, trusting their gut along the way, and everything in between. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Make It Happen, powered by Avon. I'm your host, Evie DeAngelis, and on today's show, I'm so excited to welcome a renowned beauty and fashion expert, an author and style editor for NBC's Today Show, and host of Bobby's Buzz, Bobby Thomas. Thanks so much for being here today, Bobby. I am so happy to be here with you, Evie. It's been so long since we've seen each other, and so I'm just thrilled we get a chance to catch up and we can share that with the entire Avon community and all of our listeners. Absolutely. This is, for everyone listening, a going to be a complete girlfriend catch up. Yeah, which is like, this is my favorite kind of show. Like when we do this, when it's just like us hanging out together, because I feel like our listeners like actually get to get in on that experience and it becomes a good time. And then I get all like the text messages and the emails. Like I felt like I was sitting there with you. So that's what we want. Well, and to give everybody context, we met, you know, of course at an Avon meeting, but it was one of those meetings where I walked away thinking I felt as if I had known you for 20 years. Totally. And I could have talked to you for four more hours. I know. So I am really excited to catch up. I know. I feel like we're like soul sisters. So I'm really excited to have you here. And you've done so much with your career. And it's everything from hot award shows and coveted red carpets and all of like the glitz and glam and fashion and style up close and personal for many, many years. But there's also so much more to what you've done, which just resonates with me personally, but also, you know, our listeners on so many levels. But I would love to start with some of the fashion and beauty stuff and just really understand how you started in that space. Why did you get involved and how did it evolve into the career that you have today? You know, like so many other girlfriends I have and, you know, maybe maybe young boys too, but but young women, I grew up in a situation where I sought approval specifically from men like my father or the boys in school. And it was tough, you know, growing up where girls, I think today we still have this element, but there was definitely a sense of competition, you know, who's got best hair or most popular. And, you know, when you're surrounded by that really young, it's kind of crappy because the guys had, you know, there's no IM team and there was just such a different element. And I found myself really, you know, in terms of seeking approval, it was a lot of exterior stuff. I found myself in an unhealthy relationship. It was abusive. When I, you know, graduated high school, I got engaged to just somebody for the wrong reasons, somebody who I felt I needed to be whole. And he had his own issues. You know, he needed his own help. And together, that situation just put us both in a spot where I feel so lucky that life gave us an opportunity to start over. I was engaged and ended up moving out of state to a college where I had to pay out-of-state tuition in Idaho, where I was, you know, from Southern California with my family. It's like a different world. A completely different world. Right. And, you know, fill in the blanks with the specifics, but I think many women can relate to when you're young, you know, 
seeking your self-esteem and your confidence through outside sources, whether it be, you know, what you could wear in terms of a trend or who your boyfriend was or who you were friends with. This just wasn't this wasn't the good stuff. And so I found myself luckily meeting the head of the psychology department (laughs) at college who directed me in terms of you had to have all your classes signed off. So He signed off essentially making me a psychology major, and I had no idea that I would be learning to help myself. Mm. Sort of one of the things about learning, you know, about the science of behavior is you are forced to look inward and study really your own stuff before you can really help somebody else. You have to have an understanding of what baggage is yours. So that enabled me to really think about where my confidence came from and more. And as I continued, because I also found out that with a bachelor's in psychology, you couldn't really get a job. <laughs> I thought, wow, I went to school. I was ready to work. I and, learned all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> now it's like now you have to go and volunteer and go to grad school. And again, it was it was a really kind of good nudge in the right direction. I found myself at a rape crisis center as an advocate and working with women at a time that I had just ended this unhealthy relationship. And I wanted to at 20, I wanted to save the world. I thought, oh my gosh, I'm I'm 20 something years old. I know it all, of course. And I just wanted to help. And I felt so grateful for the support I had and to be able to get out of, you know, the cycle of violence and being, I guess, a survivor. I felt so guilty because I knew firsthand from my work at the Rape Crisis Center and more at shelters I had volunteered at that this was not the common story. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, it just seems like a completely different world from where I am today. But there's so much common ground. And a small pivot showed me that rather than dealing with trauma, I at this particular center, we also had to do prevention education hours. So everybody wanted to avoid that because you had to go to these schools and talk to 500 kids during PE. And I was happy to talk. All about it. That was a gift to gab. Right. So... <laughs> I gladly took the hours and I would in exchange be able to swap out my overnight SART hours, which was the sexual assault response team that you would, you know, be on the hotline and work overnight at hospitals. And there is something so transforming about watching a woman understand the power of lipstick. And in a situation like that, you would think, what? You're at the hospital. Here is a survivor. And you're doing everything you can to support her. And it was so mind-blowing when I watched somebody receive this care package that we had for our survivors. It was clean clothes, some toiletries, but in there was makeup. And the sort of confusion that came across her face this one particular evening, I remember thinking, I was so enraged as a young woman, you know, not fully experienced in what a more experienced counselor would be able to. I just, but I blurted out, you deserve this. Like, it's okay. You can, you know, not only accept a gift, but I just watched her and she took out the lipstick as if like at first to hand it to me, like this shouldn't be in here. And I was Mm -hmm. like, no, you deserve this. This is yours. It's okay. And to see her put lipstick on, it was life-changing for Mm. me. Because it was about her regaining a boundary for herself and her understanding she was worth it. And there's so much more beyond that lesson for us all to learn. But it was just transforming for me to really understand a more substantive level of beauty. Right. 
I've always felt that, you know, beauty gets a bad rap, like vanity gets a bad rap, right? And actually the shift of what you were first talking about, which is always looking for approval and like almost like the degradation of that to the empowerment of what a single lipstick can do for someone. Mm -hmm. It's a very slight shift, but it makes all the difference in the world. And therefore it takes beauty and the beauty industry and all of the things that we feel about it from being something that's icky and makes people feel bad to being something that builds confidence and helps people feel good and almost can create a sisterhood. Absolutely. And I think that when people ask me today, how the heck did you end up working in fashion and beauty or style editor for the Today Show, but you started in right. Rape Crisis Center? And that's because I'm passionate about women. I was passionate about women then when I wanted to empower women to understand, you know, where their confidence could come from. And today I look at fashion and beauty in the same way. And I want to empower women to understand that those are tools. That small pivot, you know, came because of a lot of, I don't know if you have to Google this, kids, but Mrs. Magoo steps. (laughs) I was blind to where I was sort of going at first. But you know, there's there's so much overlap. And I do think that I still get to empower women in a way almost this industry can be more superficial because the focus can be on the surface and there's such an opportunity to look under that. Right. Absolutely. And there really is. And I, I think so much of this, I, I hope and I'm sure, is like really resonating with our listeners because a lot of them kind of strike the balance. A lot of them have, you know, pulled themselves up by the bootstraps to have a successful Avon business or have brought friends, girlfriends, sisters into the business with them because they knew that that would make a huge difference in their lives. And so there are so many similarities between everything you're talking about and what our Avon representatives do with their businesses every single day. And what's really interesting, you know, as I've been with this company for almost two years now, but obviously it's always been in my radar, is seeing that This really transcends age. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something that's specific to like one demographic or like one group of women. This is something that we see everywhere with every age group across the country. There's a story that I share often because it encapsulates not only some of what we were talking about, but that point you just made too. And people still connect and resonate with it today. Mm -hmm. But 20 years ago, I remember sitting there at a photo shoot in Los Angeles and the editor of a teen magazine said, what do you think? They were so excited about this brand new magazine coming out. And it was a Britney Spears two-page spread. And the headline said, are her boobs real or fake? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Think about that. Are her boobs real or fake? On a teenage magazine. They're looking at me and I'm sitting there thinking, are you kidding me? I've got... Five to six women a week I'm I'm seeing one-on-one, and all I want to do is tell them, you know, you're so worth it, you're confident, and here is this magazine that young girls are scraping up lunch money to go and buy. And they said, well, what do you think? And I said, I would give anything to say that confidence is sexy, not a boob job. And this, the thing that's exciting but also sad is that that was 20 years ago. Right. Today, we can still all relate to that and in some ways still see that happening. But I am so excited about how much more of a voice, confidence and self-esteem and all these words that almost feel a little diluted today because back then nobody was even discussing the fact that being sexy was about being confident, not about looking a certain way because beauty is in the eye of the beholder and everybody has their own sort of flavor and you know, the 31 right. shop. So in some ways, it's exciting to see how much 
chatter is happening around this topic. But at the same time, it's it's a little bit heartbreaking because we're still sort of talking about the need to move beyond just the surface. We have a lot further that we need to go. Yeah. A lot. I know. And it's interesting. I have a young niece who's 12 and other friends with young daughters. And I'm like, I remember feeling all of these things like when I was that age. And, you know, fast forward to now, to your point, it's still very relevant. And we've made strides, but there's a lot further of a way that needs to go. And looking back, you know, Madonna was a big sort of influence growing up for me. And it was like, wow, it was like short skirts, big hair. There was a message, though, sort of around her art form. You know, some will argue, no, it was just exploiting and marketing sex. But yeah, I still feel like, you know, looking back with all those messages and then seeing the opportunity that you know, what magazines themselves or when I think about how my career made this transition, it really was this aha moment for me to realize that those platforms were really going to touch a nerve with women. This is where women were consuming that information. And so if I could prove to other women, okay, I understand this is the hottest lipstick color and I know that these are the four great fashion trends. I was just hopeful that coming at it from a place of love and the desire to look beyond that surface, I could make a difference. I thought that it was tough in just a room one-on-one. You know, I didn't know if I was the best counselor. You know, I was so passionate to the point that they always say a good counselor creates a safe space and let somebody else figure that out for themselves. And I really wish I could do that. But (laughs) I just was like, "Ah, I want to like, you wanted more scale. I wanted wanted more scale, scale, more reach. I'm so vocal. Right. I, I can talk your ear off. I love women so much. And I felt so lucky to have a strong mother and a support system that enabled me to get out of my abusive relationship. And then to realize the opportunity sitting around me just by nature of living in Los Angeles and having friends in the entertainment business, it was like, wow, right? you can really do something with that platform that I didn't think at the time people were taking advantage of. And you turned it into, and I absolutely love this, a platform that is a professional girlfriend at your service, which is what you call yourself, which (laughs) is just so awesome, right? Because like, who doesn't need that person to lean on sometimes? And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously, now you have that reach and kind of that ability to spread this very positive message. But it's especially relevant now, I think. And, you know, just lucky and serendipitous for you that you were able to kind of follow this path and have it come to a crux right now at this incredibly important time in history when women are once again, but even more than ever because of the reach of social media and how we connect, you know, with our phones all the time. I can't tell you how many times a week I'll write one of my girlfriends like, I got your back. You got this, right? Mm -hmm. And women now are rallying around each other and supporting each other, I think, more than ever. So that thing that we grew up with, which really stuck with me, you said men had, there's no I in team. Mm -hmm. They were in sports. They were playing together. We were all kind of vying for that approval, to your point. But now we're coming together more which is so fantastic. So I would love to hear. That was the boys club versus the beauty pageant soul winner, the best in show. That's exactly what it was. And I just still think, you know, it's such, I'm so passionate about this topic, but (laughs) like I annoy myself because I get so You're not annoying me or any of our listeners, so it's totally fine. (laughs) I just think that professional girlfriend, that term, by the way, that started out as a bit of a salty joke. (laughs) And early on, I was told by, you know, team members that were trying to help my career, this is not a good, you know, brand. Right, because it might sound like something else. (laughs) Exactly. And 
to be honest, you know, I'm trying to sidestep this issue because I feel like this is a whole nother podcast. Right. But when I was younger, I did date somebody who many people knew he was in the band NSYNC. <laughs> and I had... We're just going to gloss right I know, over that we're gonna, And this is like I said, <laughs> it's a long story. Google me. But it put me in a position to really watch from the back seat how young girls and people reacted to these you know, heartthrobs. Right. It was a world-class education. I mean, to see not only how people here in the States reacted to them, how mothers allowed their daughters to act, how women handled themselves around these boys. Sure. You know, I was a young girl at the time. Can you imagine? I was I was getting my master's in psychology. I was a rape crisis counselor, and I'm touring with a boy band. Totally normal upbringing. So, but I mean, <laughs> think about the juxtaposition. Right? I'm course. watching what was going on with this boy band, which was why I ended up telling that teen magazine, are you kidding me? Right. I have to say something. You're like, I'm living this every day. Like, if I do yes. not say something, it's a problem. And these guys are, you know, these girls are like, you're so lucky. I'm like, no, I am not lucky to be his girlfriend. He is lucky to have me right. because I am a great person. And some days, you know, it's hard. You have to remind yourself of that. Right. But when I think about this, back then, I remember a, I think it was Rolling Stone article. They had a journalist following us. And one of the guys in the band, when they asked about me and said, oh, tell us about JC's girlfriend. And I said, I think she's like a professional girlfriend. And when that hit stands and it was in print. Wow. And I had thought, oh, I'm curious what they wrote. You know, this guy was traveling with us for a few days. I was devastated. Sure. Because all of the friends surrounding this camp had, you know, their own accomplishments and lives. But I was working really hard to be, you know, independent of this larger than life scenario. I was in school. I was working. Right. You know, I had worked at a pharmacy that specialized in HIV medication. I was doing everything I could to really build my own professional paths. And so for me at the time, it was devastating. But what I want to point out about professional girlfriend is that I am so proud of that today yeah. because, yes, I am a professional girlfriend. And you can spin something to really work magic in your favor in life. And you may be looking at something one way. And if I just opened my eyes and looked at the door that was open, that could mean something totally different. Mm -hmm. And I have to say today, because of other things that have happened in my life, I was so focused, laser focused on building my own independent path. I didn't need a man after, you know, all this like heartache from early on. I definitely turned a corner and thought, I don't need anybody. I'm just going to work 24-7. I'll have my girlfriends and that's it. And later on in life, you know, going through the challenges of infertility and more, I realized you have to plan for both your professional life and your personal life. And I think back because I gave a lot of advice to young women at the time, like, forget him, go after your work. You know, you shouldn't be thinking about that. You should just be a workaholic. Mm -hmm. And now I think that wasn't the best advice. Did my mom tell you to give me this advice, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have a conversation oh, before we sat down? <laughs> it's not healthy and it's not good for us because, yes, you, you should definitely still prioritize your career, but you have to also prioritize yourself. Right. And I think that, you know, we are all a work in progress. I'm going to learn yep. hopefully more in the next phase of my life. But yeah, this weird roller coaster of a backstory. Funny enough, everything had its time and place in sure. my life and has led me to this point. So when we talk about this 
term professional girlfriend. It wasn't to be cool and, oh, my God, I have a brand and I'm going to, like, put right. together a marketing ploy for social media. It was almost media. like you took ownership of something that made you feel crappy before. Yes. Which I just think is is so empowering and is something that so many people could do looking back on the history of their lives about things that they've heard that maybe they didn't like. Exactly. And it's resilience, you know, and I don't know if I was aware of what was happening at the time. And I'm so thankful to my mother and other strong women around me that taught me how to be flexible and bounce back because I couldn't do it on my own. In NSYNC was also Justin Timberlake. His mother is somebody who I consider my second mother. Lynn, you'll probably be listening to this. I love you. (laughs) And she always joked she would give me my back porch bitch lessons. And she was such a strong Southern woman who, you know, told me it's a damn poor dog that don't wag its own tail. Mm. And so here is this woman and she raised this amazing son who... After my breakup, I mean, he was the one that said, come on, we're going to get up, we're going to get out there, and you're going to move on. And if you can imagine for a young girl that had someone in her life, this boyfriend for four years that was larger than life, it was really tough to step out of that shadow and to pursue my own identity because you can be a plus one. And that can happen to so many women in different situations, whether you're the doctor's wife or your husband is the breadwinner and you have kids at home and you're worried that, you know, you can't speak up or just even in your social circle, if your personal life is lovely, if you're single or if you're married and you just feel like you haven't had a voice it's okay to seek support and ask other people how they see you. Right. Because having that different perspective can give you confidence and to help shine a spotlight on what is special about who you are. And you're always your own worst critic. And sometimes hearing from your friends how great they think you are, like, can just give you that extra little boost, which is so, which is why my girlfriends and I kind of just send each other, I got your back text sometimes because you have to hear it. I love what you said about, you know, how sometimes you're the plus one. And I think that it's, I mean, you've had so many different ebbs and flows on this journey that you've walked us through. And I know they're just, these are the Cliff's Notes version (laughs) of your life. But I think through that, you obviously came to define personal style. And I'm sure that has a double connotation. It's not just fashion. It's also like who you are. But what does it mean to you? What does personal style mean to you? I mean, style, the textbook definition is so true. It's self-expression. And fashion and beauty are just two tools in your bucket. Because when you think about leaving somebody with an impression, I mean, style, if that if you're expressing who you are to other people, think about the touch points. Think about how you impact somebody, mm-hmm. your body language, besides visually seeing what you're wearing mm-hmm. or the makeup or how your hair is, how you walk over to somebody, whether you're standing up straight, smiling, looking at them in the eyes or on your phone or hunched over, kind of afraid to walk into the center of a room. That's such an important layer of style because that's part of the first impression. Right. Beyond that, you know, are you present? Do you listen to somebody else where you can recall something when you see them again and ask, how are you doing? How did that work out? I have some of the most stylish friends that if you were to look at just the clothing they decided to wear, that wouldn't give you any clue into the amazing dinner party somebody threw or the thank you notes they sent out or the thoughtfulness behind a gift. Style goes so far beyond stuff. Right. It is your essence. It's your vibe. And 
I am so passionate. Like I think about what matters to me the most in my life. Yes, my son, one of the most, if not important things on the planet. He's just so cute. But beyond my family, my friends. Yeah. That is such a gift that you have to invest in Mm -hmm. because what you put in, you get back. And having that circle of friends and how you treat them is what will make up the quality of your life and your happiness. Mm -hmm. So if you aren't happy with who you interact with on a daily basis, whether that's your personal circle, your professional circle, it is time for you to think different. Because you're going to wake up every day and you have to decide who's in your life. And life isn't peachy cane. I struggled for a long time before I found my husband. I was so afraid to let anybody in. And then when we did start a family, it was so tough. Mm -hmm. I went through a year of IVF, so many shots and buckets of tears before I was so lucky to have Miles. And then more recently, I built a company and... It fell apart because the partnership wasn't there and I'm rebuilding myself and I am so okay to share that life isn't perfect. Right. But what I do think I've been really blessed with have been amazing friends. Those who are there for you in times of need when they step up, it's almost as if the toughest time shows you the most valuable people standing around you and you just think, wow, I'm so lucky to be loved. And they're all part of your personal brand too. I always tell my friends like, value add, right? Mm -hmm. Are we adding value to each other's lives? Because that's what's important, you know? And do we have each other's backs? And are you the person that I can call, you can call? Because they become your family, right? And the the lines between family and friends get really blurred. And that's how you show up to the world, right? Is by the people you surround yourself with. And the reason I'm harping so much on how we treat other people is back to this Me Too movement. It's so important for me to make sure that I've established that base because, It's a little scary for someone who, for 20 plus years, I've been really talking about being a professional girlfriend is supporting other women. It's so important to support rather than compete. Mm -hmm. And in a day and age where we do have the Me Too movement happening and so many people talking about supporting other women— I think it's important that we act. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to post, and I think it's wonderful. It makes it makes the message bigger. It's louder. But at the risk of it getting diluted, we have to really make sure we own that. And if you think about the idea of, do you feel beautiful? And you just ask somebody right. that. Do you feel beautiful? Like eight out of 10 people will be like, no. no. Right. You know, it's really hard for them to see that because we see such perfection. We live in a filtered world. Mm-hmm. Social media, it's rare that people post people an unfiltered photo. literally walking into plastic surgeons' offices yeah. asking for the Snapchat filter mm-hmm. plastic surgery, which is not a thing, but that's people think it exists. But it's not, and again, what I want to do is bring the focus back to, it's not the filter to blame. Right. It's we are so afraid of what other people think of us. Mm-hmm. And if we worried more about how we treated other people, then we wouldn't think other people think badly of us. Sure. So it's this like circle that flows through the air, right? Absolutely. When you think about beauty, yes, I can run off the list of my favorite lipsticks and skincare creams and all, which I'm happy to do. And there's a lot of great stuff out there. I'm obsessed with beauty products, which was such a great sort of like fox costume to put on to get in the door. But I'm also really obsessed with how we treat other women. Right. I mean, being betrayed by a woman hurts 10 times worse than any guy breaking up with you or job, whatnot, because there's an intimate space we share as women because we know 
We know, ladies, how hard it is every day to look in the mirror and say, I am more than my hair, eyelashes. I don't care if I have spanks on. I have to find something that's beautiful. And you're like, I thought we were in this together. Well, it's because you know how bad that hurts. And it's like, how could you let that happen to somebody else? And I think that it's really important to go out of your way to tell somebody when you see them instead of like, oh, look at her. She's got that fancy bag. You look beautiful. You know, wow, you're coloring. My friends make fun of me all the time. I'll stop somebody across the street. There was a girl that just got me in the elevator here. Her silver hair, her short, awesome (laughs) bob. I mean, her dress. Like, wow, I love your style. She just sort of had this confidence about her. She was pulled together. And I think that if we communicate to women what we love about them more than what we just pick at or judge or it's it's so important how we treat ourselves too because your friends and young girls are watching and I remember you know running around in LA in my 20s there's this another moment in my life that was like frozen in time I was talking to my girlfriend on my cell phone and complaining about oh I look like crap I didn't want to go to this dinner that evening blah 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 and there was this young girl in the grocery store aisle mm-hmm. Knee high, looking up at me. Hearing everything you were yes, saying. Yes, and making a joke because like, we were going to some, funny enough, it's Halloween time, Halloween party, and she thought I was some princess. And here she is watching somebody she's looking up at, and right. I'm just ripping myself apart. And I can't tell you how many times I've had women come over to be styled for a fashion segment and watching their daughters listen to them complain. It's wrong, and we need to set a better message. We need to try as hard as it is because I have to practice what I preach just as much as everyone else. But we have to walk up to the mirror on a mission to like something, which I know is just ass backwards because we buy mirrors to find the flaw. I mean, I don't know anybody who's like, I cannot wait to get home and look in this mirror and just think I am awesome. It's really important, though. But I love that you're also, you know, you're talking about young girls, but you have a son. And you're also setting a really good example for your son with these conversations, right? Because it's not just about how young women are hearing this dialogue and hearing other women talk about themselves, but it's also how, you know, our little boys are growing up around it and how they're hearing like these positive words of affirmation. And I think, you know, so many of our listeners, our Avon representatives and other listeners are moms, just like you. Many of them have had similar struggles having babies or bringing children into their lives. And I would love it if you would talk a little bit about kind of A, this like business boss, beauty boss balance with motherhood, but also how you act as that really positive influence. It's not just for your followers. It's not just for the women who see you on TV. It's not just for the people who you counsel, who you style, but also it's, you know, it's for the family. It's so hard. Yeah. And I absolutely refuse to lie. I have had (laughs) such tough moments. I feel like the cliche you've heard, I don't even know what you want to call it, but when people say you can have it all, but just not at the same time, I have learned that there's some truth to that. Mm -hmm. On the one hand, I want to make sure I share that you have to plan for both your professional life and your personal life. But I don't want to lie and say that there wasn't some advantage to being laser focused on my professional life earlier on without having a guy to worry about and have to compromise any of my nights or weekends for I worked insane hours 24-7. And that gave me a great foundation. It also enabled me at 40 years old, when I did decide to start a family, even though it was incredibly difficult, I had a little cushioning there because I had already had momentum with my career. I don't know if I could have done that Mm -hmm. when I was, you know, 25 or 30. I don't know 
how that would have worked out because what I experienced being a new mom, even forget that I was 40 years old, it is so hard. I have such a newfound respect for women because whether you have one kid or three or four or more, that is everything. Right. It requires your undivided attention. You have to be a superhero. And I'm not sure how everybody does it. I know that you just have to take one day at a time. For me, I don't know what I would have done without, not to sound cheesy, a village, without an incredibly supportive husband, without women around me that were so kind, just kind. And I think that's what this world right now is lacking, kindness. It's not just about saying, I'm great, I'm special when I look in the mirror. It's not about being self-involved. It's about being self-aware but connected to other people Mm -hmm. on a human level of kindness. Right. And without that kindness from my coworkers and my family, I couldn't have had miles on my own. I, you know, would have failed miserably. So in terms of advice, it's really easy to post a picture and make it look all glossy and great. But it was super challenging. And I had so many moments where I doubted myself. I gained 20 pounds before I even got pregnant. I did that on television through the course of, I don't know, almost a year of doing infertility treatments. I then gained an additional like 50 through my pregnancy. And weight is such a sensitive issue for us women in a society where, you know, putting myself out there. And, you know, for me, I felt so uncomfortable. I was so tired. I didn't feel like I looked like I didn't see myself in the mirror. I, my body was foreign to me. And I just remember thinking, why am I not praising myself for having a miracle? I mean, this was a miracle baby. So I had to shift my focus and start loving myself for what my body was able to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And today, you know, I'm not focused on being, you know, young or in the best shape of my life. I'm focused on being the best person I can be. And I have to sort of find the balance in my day where I want to love who I am beyond what I see on the outside. I Mm -hmm. need to know that I'm being a good friend and a good mom and a good wife. And that's the balance that I seek. You know, when it comes to what I'm wearing or where my health is at, anything else, all of that's going to take a backseat to those other principles. Right. And it's easier said than done. And I appreciate you being vulnerable and admitting that because I think so many people see other people and they're like, God, like, She's doing everything. And oh my she's gosh, doing it's it so the worst easily, to listen right? and, to anybody right? say, I wake up and I drink a, a cup of hot water and then I do my skincare routine right. and this is what it consists of. And I work out. I am the person that will, all my girlfriends will tell you, I will try to take a cab two blocks. Right. <laughs> because I just want to get there faster and like get through that so I can get to the next thing. Right. I mean, oh, it's the worst. Oh, it's so funny. So shifting just a little bit to something a little lighter, I would love it if you would share some just some of your eye on style trends for 2019 yeah. before we wrap up. I would love it if you would talk to our listeners about that. Well, you know, what's so funny about trends is that, look, what seems to be trending, especially the last like five years, it's either something that's a blast from the past or totally. it's it's just coming in annually. So right now, this fall, we're seeing so much plaid, so much leopard. And my boots are leopard today. Your scarf is leopard. Exactly. Like we're both we're both working it. But what's great about this is that this is these are really classics. Yeah. So I am a big advocate for really helping navigate your attention to 
how you can benefit as a consumer. Because this means that you're going to find plaid and leopard and neon, if you're a fan like me, (laughs) at every price point in every silhouette possible. So if you were ever interested in owning leopard, you could find the head-to-toe suit if that's what you love right now. But if you're somebody who wants just a little, you can find a great pair of boots or a scarf or a little belt or a handbag. And it can be in any motif leopard. It can be in snakeskin. It could be in cheetah. That's what's great about the trend is it really gives you the power as a consumer to invest in what you want to include in your wardrobe because you should look at your wardrobe as your personal archive. This is your style, your self-expression. And I think trends are wonderful because you can take advantage of the marketplace for that reason. If you had to invest in anything this fall, gosh, plaid is everywhere. So get a great tailored blazer because that's such a classic piece you can throw on with a t-shirt and jeans. You could wear it with black pants out. And there's so many different types of Mm -hmm. plaid, you know, whether you want something that's warm brown chocolate or a gray. And again, animal print and everything from snakeskin to even zebras thrown into the mix. If you're looking to invest in it, stick with a neutral color. I think that will give you more bang for your buck. You'll be able to wear it for years to come. And in terms of beauty, wow, you're going to find beauty at every price point. And this season, I think it's it's great that we're really seeing this sort of fresh-looking face. So a great lip that's got—you could do anything that works for you, whether it's a matte red or a glossy wine. I mean, there's just something for everyone. It's It's so much self-expression is what I'm seeing, which I love so much because it ties into what we were talking about at the start, which is just a confidence builder, an Mm -hmm. empowerment tool, which is exactly what it should be. And it's fun to see people, you know, you go out in Manhattan, obviously, but anywhere and you see women of different ages, different groups, and all of their makeup's a little bit different, but it's ownable to them, which is fun. Do you remember when we used to see somebody with a streak of pink in their hair totally. or what it used to be shocking right where you were like oh my gosh or boy george right. or something <laughs> you're like wow and today it's it's not even right. you know head turning to see somebody with lime green hair it's like oh cool yeah you know you do you now look that's definitely fringe i think still however it's a commitment I think the one universal thing I would love more women to think about that I think I see more women shy away from when they don't realize it's an elixir, it's youth in a compact highlighter. Yes. Now, you always hear just the magic words for me. So I am like right there with you. Preach. Please continue. Well, look, you know, some people fear I'm going to look like a disco ball or I'm going to be shiny or greasy or et cetera. But Investing a few minutes to really understand why highlighter is the holy grail, and I'm so happy that it's this category that's here to stay. Everybody's skin can require its own thing. Some people may do better with a cream stick highlighter. Some people may do better with a powder. But essentially, it gives you this youthful, dewy glow. It's a great way to fake amazing skin. Right. And applied in the right places where it's shimmer and not glitter, where it's just softly reflected, it's probably one of my favorite things. It's absolutely, there are like two things that I will never, ever leave the house without, and it's mascara and highlighter, because my lashes are everything, and then the highlighter comes second. And I think what most people don't know is that youthful skin, like baby skin, Mm -hmm. it reflects light. 
aging skin absorbs light and that's why it looks dull. So if you want to get that youthful look, like the highlighter is the one that's going to do it for you. Well, and I wish I could tell you I drink my H10 glasses of water a day. I don't. And it's the worst. So when my skin is dry and dehydrated, especially in the winter, it's definitely the quick fix. And it's yep. funny because my mom's staying with me right now and it's it's so fun to kind of reconnect because she lives in LA. I'm here in New York. And mm-hmm. so she's here and we were about to run out, so we had 10, 15 minutes to get ready. And I see her go for her lipstick and eyeliner. And I thought, Mom, can I swap just these two things right. for something different, just for fun? Yes. And she thought, well, okay, sure, but I don't know if I would really say that anything else would be my essential. I had a brow pencil. Mm-hmm. One end was a brow pencil. The other was a brow gel. Mm-hmm. So it was a two-in-one. And then I had highlighter. And just filling in her brows— and adding highlighter to the tops of her cheek Completely and temple. Completely changed her face, right? It was a facelift. Right. Not that she needs one. She's right. gorgeous. But it opened up her eyes. She could not believe. She was like, I look more awake. And this is something that And isn't that, that I, something that we all wish we could get a little more rest? Yeah. And we so, just like, want to look more to awake. It. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And she was so excited because she said, I don't love lipstick. And it's so funny because it's the one thing she doesn't leave the house without. Right. And I'm like, if you don't love it, why are you wearing right. it? She's like, well, I like the way it looks, but it's always like sticky. And it's like on my, I'm like, oh, so we were going to do a whole beauty bag makeover. Yes. But it was just we'll so send her some product. <laughs> yeah. Just to like switch her mindset to thinking brows and highlighter can really open up your eyes in a whole new way. I love it. I could sit here and talk to you all day long, absolutely, but I think we need to wrap up. So I have a few rapid-fire questions for you. What is your favorite food to order in? Manhattan is like the mecca of delivery. So what's your favorite? Oh, sushi. Mine too. It's always sushi. But I do like a specific place because I like the crispy fried rice sushi. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's not healthy. Right, (laughs) but it's like really good with the tuna on top. Yep, exactly. I'm right there with you. (laughs) That's my favorite too, and that's like my ultimate indulgence. If I've had the craziest week, I'm like, this is what's happening. Exactly. Yep. Well, we just talked about highlighter, so I'm going to guess the answer, but if there's only one beauty product in your bag, what would it be? Oh my gosh. I don't take highlighter with me because it usually stays, but you'd laugh. I'll show you. Here's my bag. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> and it's lip gloss. And you are going to laugh because it's ours. It's actually Avon's. What is this? It's True lip glow. Color. It's just clear lip glow. And I'll tell you why. I am really into the monochromatic trend yes. right now where my cheek color and my lip color, I like it to coordinate. So I take my blush and I brush my blush color on my lips. Okay, so I love this it, tip. So it looks a little bit blurred and natural. It doesn't look like you have a drawn-on lip. And it can make your lips look a little fuller because it kind of blends out the edges. But take your blush and take a smaller brush and just brush your blush so it's like lip powder on your lips. And then I I cover it with a gloss. And I really like this formula because it's soft. It's a great formula, right? I've used this on my eyes too to give the glossy glossy look. But I do that. Avon True Color Lip Glow. Yeah, so the lip glow over my blush powder. Great tip. And last but not least. You can also use it for your eyebrows. Oh, I haven't tried that one. <laughs> Stick a small, put it on a... Like a spoolie? I put it on my hand. I put a spoolie and I brush when I'm stuck because you're out and if you need to like touch up. I have like crazy Italian eyebrows, so like I need them to stay in place, so I'm trying. This. I'm like the beauty MacGyver. Oh I can my tell gosh. you also, you can make your... Your highlighter pop again with a little bit of the glow. Okay, I am like going home and doing all of these with my lip glow. <laughs> lip glow will yes. give you a whole new life. <laughs> Amazing. You can also like tell your customers about this and sell more lip glow. I love it. Yes. So last but not least, your favorite iconic style look. I'm a huge fan of striking classics. And to give you a better visual, I love classic pieces that are solid. And when you see 
that it looks strong and powerful. So a really sharp camel-colored coat with a great white blouse and a pair of leather pants or leggings. I just like that clean, minimalist, mm-hmm. very sharp, powerful look. Angelina Jolie does it well sometimes. My absolute favorite celebrity, I do think that she goes off this a little bit, but Kate Blanchett, she's like the epitome of grace. And I also loved in that recent movie, Ocean's 8, she pulled off these like really crazy cool suits. I really like that powerfully clean mm-hmm. look. So if anything, it's that. I always think of clean lines, Robin Wright right? in House of Cards. Oh, Cars. yes. She'd be up there with me. Oh, you just, just nailed it. I love so that. that so that's my favorite. And it doesn't necessarily have to be dressed up. I think that for me seeing just like a really great navy blazer with a pair of jeans mm-hmm. and a t-shirt or I love seeing opposites. So if you see a great pair of leather leggings with like a soft blouse or a chunky knit, I like seeing edge with, right. you know, classic or soft with structured. I, I like that. We're totally aligned. I'm right there with you. Thanks so much for joining us and imparting all of your wisdom and sharing about your journey with all of our listeners. I really appreciate it. Well, I just want to thank everyone who's listened for letting me share a little bit about, you know, myself. I appreciate your time and yeah, find awesome. me on social if you have any questions. What's uh, your, what are your to- handles? Just my name at Bobby Thomas. Perfect. B-O-B-B-I-E Thomas. Easy peasy. And to all of our listeners, thanks so much for joining Make It Happen, powered by Avon. You can connect with us on Twitter, on Facebook, and at www.avon.com forward slash podcast. And you can also rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. 